Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Podcast. It's me, it's me, it's the good old KG. Sitting in a polished chair, driving the mothership tonight. Going to do a little NFL, just a little small tidbit, you know. We had week 17 this week. Um, Me and the fellas are going to come and give you our team's report cards for the season. Not every team, just our personal teams. Uh, BJ's Buffalo Bills, Jim and Junie's Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Delonte's Denver Broncos, and, of course, my Washington Redskins. Hear the excitement in my voice. But before we get into that, uh, just wanted to send our condolences out to the family of Mean Gene Oakland and just sad to hear about his passing today. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer, New England Wrestling Hall of Famer, uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer. Um, just so much I could say, uh, but I'm going to turn it over to the Don. He has a few words. And then I'll come right back. It don't matter if it was mean by God, Gene. Or let me tell you something, mean Gene. Gene Okerlund was the voice of a generation, a voice of the WWE universe, a voice of wrestling, sports entertainment, wrestling, period. He was the gold standard that announcing was made off of and it will continue to be made off of in the world of sports entertainment he will be greatly missed and never replaced never duplicated condolences on behalf of the sideline junkies wrestlemaniac saturday podcast to gene's family to the wwe universe to all the close personal friends of mean gene And all we can do is look forward to just watching the droves of clips and images and memories that we've shared with Gene as he's entertained us as much as the sports entertainers have marveled and shown us the best that they had to offer while standing next to one of the greatest interviewers of all time. Rest in peace, Gene. Thank you for that, Don. Just awesome, man. Just just the way you put it together. I couldn't have said it no better. I mean, that's perfect. I just, I, I grew up seeing Mean Gene on the TV. So this is somebody I've seen pretty much all of my life. I mean, I, I you know Mean Gene when you hear his voice. So. so let's get into the rest of the. Show, I guess I'll go ahead and go first with uh, the assessment of my Washington Redskins. Um, geez, where do I start? This team finished seven and nine overall. Uh, me personally, I hoped for more than 10 wins, uh, something that hasn't happened since 1991. So that is where the problem lied for me. I just, I felt this team underperformed and 
they pretty much fell apart and they started to bust at the scene before Alex Smith was hurt, but they pretty much fell apart afterwards. Um, just really, really poor play. You know, I just, uh, I could say so much, but I don't have to say anything. The turmoil in the front office, um, the moves that were being made, the uh, signing of Ruben Foster, the the the, the uh, waving of DJ Swearinger, um, these things right here kind of put the, the the tone of the season into perspective. So, with that being said, let me get into some of these numbers. So, if anybody feels that I'm wrong in in my assessment of not going to say my team, our team, and I, I feel that there are other Redskins fans that probably feel like I'm wrong. So if anybody feels that I'm wrong in the assessment of our team, please hit the Sideline Junkies page, Sideline Junkies 24-7 in the email, uh, Sideline Junkies on Instagram and Twitter, or you can hit me personally. And that's at, uh, at Mr. Hard 2 Handle. That's the number two handle, 81 on Twitter. I'm always on, so... Let's get into this. And with their offense, uh, <laughs> their offense, their offense, their offense. I gave the offense a D plus. And that was, you know, injuries, took the grade down. Um, performance, of course. Uh, losing a key cog on your offense, going through four quarterbacks for the season. You had started out with Alex Smith. He goes down in the Texans game. You bring in Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy goes down a week later in the Eagles game. Um, or was it two weeks later? Uh, it, it, he went down in the Eagles game. Then you go to Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez doesn't perform very well. Uh, he was actually trying. I, I will give Sanchez that. He was trying. But a lot of drops in that game um, that he started. But then... You go to Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson starts against the – well, he comes in against the Giants, and then he starts the next game. He kind of gets the offense rolling a little bit and almost pulls off a victory in Tennessee. So, you know, you got to put that into perspective uh, with the offense. Jay Gruden did have four starting quarterbacks. Understand that, but injuries are a part of the game. The offensive line, very banged up. You lost – Wow. Three-fifths of your starting line. You lost one of the best guards in the league in Brandon Scherf. Torn Peck out of there. Uh, I believe Sean Laval had uh, torn ACL, I believe it was. Out of there. Chase Rouillet, out of there. So you lost three-fifths of your starting line. Then also you had injuries to uh, the all-pro one of the best tackles, I believe, in my opinion, the best left tackle in football, Trent Williams, the silverback. Uh, he had surgery on his thumb, missed a game. So he wasn't 100%, but, hey, he's a warrior. He still goes out there. But when you talk about somebody not being 100% and still going out there, we talk about Morgan Moses. Morgan Moses leaves everything on the daggone field. So with that being said, uh, 28th in total offense. Right, only 17.6 points a game. Okay, that's a problem. You scored under 20. 
36% on third down. The problem with third downs, uh, when you get into too many third and longs, Kenny Stable say you wind up sleeping on your own side of the bed awful lot. So 36%, obviously, we slept on our own side of the bed a lot. Uh, another problem on offense was always the penalties. 115 penalties for 1,008 yards. It's not the worst, but geez, it's pretty much up there. Um, 18 fumbles. Four of them lost. They were plus seven in turnovers. So, I mean, I guess that's a, a good thing. Uh, 28th in passing. Offense, they gave up 44 sacks. 79 yards. I'm sorry, a 79-yard passing play was the longest passing play of the season. Uh, 16 passing touchdowns over 15 INTs. Now, that's between four quarterbacks. Well, If you want to count the pass that Tress way through, five quarterbacks. But, I mean, we're not going to be technical and be with semantics. He wasn't a every-down every uh, quarterback, so. That's between four quarterbacks, 16 touchdowns. That's a problem. Um, 15 INTs. Now, if that was 30, 28, 27 over 15 INTs, that's, you could deal with that. 17th in rushing overall. Now, this is overall. 17th in rushing. Only 1,774 yards rushing as a team. But they averaged 110.9 yards a game in rushing. Not bad. Six rushing fumbles. Uh, you know, ball carries fumble six times. They were 29th in scoring. Okay. Here's why I gave the offense a D plus. Now, I, I, I took off because, you know, injuries, you don't have your star players. Okay. The offense didn't perform well because once Alex Smith went down and Colt McCoy came in, it looked like a totally different offense. Colt McCoy came into that Texans game and immediately went downfield. I'm talking about he threw downfield. You know how I know I was there. Myself and the rest of the sideline junkies were there. And Colt McCoy went downfield. We scored. Colt McCoy almost won that game single-handedly. It was a different offense. Now, another way this offense underperformed when uh, uh the, the 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 play calling was one thing. In the Eagle game, you had them dead to rights. I mean, they're looking for you to pass. They're not respecting the run. You got an all pro, a future Hall of Famer in AP in the backfield. And what do you do? You pass the ball. On third and short when they're stacking the box, and you know they're stacking the box. How can you not see this? You run it right at them. This offensive line at full strength, maybe. Because especially if you're pulling, you got Sheriff pulling. One of the best guards in the league, I said it before. Maybe. Just maybe. So, I just, I felt that it under, that the offense alone underperformed. Not getting AP the ball as much. But not only that, when AP was out of the game, it's like the run game wasn't even a threat. Now, granted, uh, we lost Chris Thompson for a considerable chunk of the season. But 
you still had Capri Bibbs, who I'm still trying to figure out why in the world he got cut. Uh, not only did you have Capri Bibbs, you had Byron Marshall, who played pretty well. He could catch out of the backfield. So you, it's no excuse why, because Chris Thompson being out, why uh, 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 you weren't moving the ball on third down. Because Chris Thompson, we knew what he could do last year with Kirk. I've said it before. We've seen it. Ask the Rams what he could do. When he turned it up 75 yards on one play, you know, every time. That's what it was. You know, he, he touched the ball. You knew he was going to pick up the first down because he was just that elusive. But when they started looking for it, instead of going away from it and saying, you know what, let's fake it to him and go elsewhere. No, they went right to it and they were spotting it. So um, just the 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 wide receiver <laughs> combo, um, in my opinion, if you want to get down into it uh paul richardson even though he was he wound up getting hurt um season ending i don't feel the money they paid for for him was worth the production that he got even if he didn't play a whole season he didn't make that much of an impact maybe next season he will who knows but looking at this offense um i don't think jameson crowder will be back uh I don't think Michael Floyd will be back. Trey Quinn was a bright spot. Let me not harp on the bad. Trey Quinn was a bright spot. Uh, of course, Adrian Peterson was a bright spot on this offense. Uh, who else? Um, I wish we would have got to see Cam Sims this season because the boy is bad. I was very disappointed in Jameson Crowder because I knew he could do better. But eh, injuries happen. Um. Tight end wise, Vernon Davis. Everybody's saying, "Well, he lost his stuff. He needs to go ahead and retire." No, I, I like Vernon Davis a lot. I've always have a uh, Merlin product, DC product. Um, Jordan Reed <sighs> injuries, but he can still be a problem. Jeremy Sprinkle was another good thing on the offense. I will say that uh, the way this offensive line gelled together so quickly i wish it could have been a little bit easier transition with these guys not coming in off the street and more along the lines of uh already being in camp and the depth on the line was better but maybe that's something they can fix next year but once again i give the offense as a whole a d plus okay on to the defense the defense i give a c minus uh reason why let's run through some numbers real quick uh 15th in total defense and 15th against the pass they gave up 22.4 points a game uh for they got 46 sacks they picked all 15 passes they were number 17 against the run they gave up 1860 yards with a 4.5 average they gave up a 78-yard long run. That's the longest run of the season. They gave up 90-yard pass was the longest pass. And I believe that 90-yard pass was to Amari Cooper. Um, They forced three fumbles. But I gave this defense a C-. minus. I expected more from the secondary. I mean, we did get 
I said it once before, 53 tackles, uh, four INTs from DJ Swearinger before he was uh, waived. I expected a little bit more from HaHa Clinton Dix. I expected more from Fabian Moreau. Uh, Monte Nicholson before he was shut down for the last game of the season. Greg Stroman was pretty good, but I felt they left him on the island entirely too much. Uh, he was by himself a lot. I didn't see a lot of DeShazer Everett. I'm sorry, excuse me, DeShazer Everett this year. I was wondering, you know, why was his playing time cut? Because I thought he could play. Uh, Troy Apke is another guy coming in a draft I was high on because of his speed. Um, and then we go to Josh Norman. I, I I expected a lot more from Josh Norman, a lot more. But he 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 did what he had to do. He picked off a, a, quite a few passes. Um, I, I'm not gonna say quite a few. I'm making it seem like he picked off nine passes. It wasn't quite a few. I'm lying. Let me get the exact number. But I just I expected more from the defense as far as uh the secondary it was more along the lines of eh, let's see what they can do okay he had three picks i that that secondary alone i wanted to see what they could do because defensively you had norman on one side quentin donbar was going to be your number two right you had, at the time, uh, Monte Nicholson was going to be one of your safeties. And DJ Spurringer was going to be your other. So, I'm like, okay. I like the way the secondary is looking. But not only that, moving to the line, on the defensive line, you had a rotation of Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, Tim Settle, Stacey McGee, Caleb Brantley. I didn't see enough of Caleb Brantley to really say, okay, he really did it. Now, one thing that I could say, Matt Ioannidis is a dog. I watched him push the pocket early in the season when this was a top five rated defense. I watched him push the pocket and harass quarterbacks, force them to step up, step around, and the other guys were getting the sacks. But that's what he doesn't play defensive tackle or the nose. He's a defensive end. But he was playing at that nose, and he was pushing and getting upfield. So that, that was really, really good. I, I, Matt Ioannidis is just that man. I, he, he is a man. So I, I big ups to him. I really enjoyed the way he played. Uh, with the linebackers, I, I thought with Zach Brown coming back, we still had Mason Foster. Uh, of course, we had the showstopper, the icon. Ryan Kerrigan, who had double-digit sacks this year. Uh, you still had Marcus Smith, Preston Smith, uh, Pernell McPhee. Then Josh Harvey Clemens, that's another one. Uh, Ryan Anderson, like that rotation, at linebacker. I just knew this defense was going to be a, a, a top five at the end of the season. Not top 15, but top five. But it didn't work out that way. Um, but I give the defense a C minus, partly because they 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 broke down later in the season. I wasn't expecting that, so 
I give him a C minus. Um, moving on to special teams, I get a special teams a A to an A minus, but I, I'll say A. I'm not even gonna say A minus because special teams performed very well. Uh, the team as a whole on punting was eighth with a 45.3 average punt, only 79 punts for Tressway, zero touchbacks. Uh, one punt return return for a TD. His longest was 63. He punted a, a ball 63 yards this season. Um, he's a surefire Pro Bowler. Tressway is just uh, <laughs> it's funny that your punter is pretty much probably the best player on your team. But when you got a guy like Tressway, Tressway is like what Ray Guy became to the game. He's what Ray Guy. For those that don't know, is one of the greatest punters ever. And what he is to the NFL, period, is what Tressway is to us right now. But he's going to become that to the NFL. Because Tressway, you don't feel bad punting when Tressway is punting. Because one thing you know, he's going to pin the team. He's going to pin the defense. I'm sorry. He's going to pin the opposition. So you're start, you're not starting. You know, he's punting from inside his own 20. And he's punting the ball down inside their 15 you know he doesn't outkick his coverage for big gains and things like that it's like he has a knack for it. he has attacked anything you can name he can do it and that's why i like Tressway. um nick sunberg one of the best long snappers in the game uh he remind me of our former long snapper the red snapper ethan albright very sure um laces that come back there just I, I I I I'm I'm a fan of special teams play because I believe it's a part of the game. And when you got good special teams, it puts your defense in a better position to defend and to stop. So uh on the kicking side, my man D Hop, Dustin Hopkins. Uh he was 26-29 with his field goals. His longest was 56. That was his career long this year. He hit his career long this year, 56 yarder. Uh, 25 or 26 and extra points. So D Hop, not bad at all. Pretty much sure that he's gonna hit everything he kicks once you get him in range. So only thing that I hope for him next season is that he expands his range just a taste, just a taste. If he can start hitting from 59, I mean that's an automatic three every time. My grade for the team overall. Is a C minus slash D plus. The reason why so low, because number one, there's room for improvement. A lot of room for improvement. And I'm teetering between a C minus. So I'm, I'm like around a, a 71, 70, 69, 68, you know. That that that's what I'm feeling for this for this team as a whole. So um, geez. Looking in the next year, uh, free agents coming up. Tony Bergstrom, Marcus Smith, AP, Mo Harris, Jamison Crowder, Zach Vigil, Sean Laval, Rob Kelly, Pernell McPhee, Ty Secchi, Preston Smith, and HaHa Clinton Dix. Those guys, not all of them need to be re-signed, but hey, you need to re-sign AP. That's one major thing. Uh, Ty Secchi is another. Preston Smith is another. So we'll get into that in the offseason. But now, I'm going to kick it over to the guys. Let them come in with you. 
give their team uh, report cards and grades. I'll be back to wrap it up. Y'all stay tuned. This is Bad News Juni of the Sideline Junkies. Coming to you today to give my NFL team a grade. That is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I give my team a D- minus for this season. 2017-2018 season. We just couldn't get this Le'Veon Bell situation. We just couldn't let it go. Then we go out and lose to teams like the Oakland Raiders. And then we beat the New England Patriots. We always play down to competition. So my grade for this season is a D minus. That's coming to you from Bad News Journey. Thanks for the support. What's up, everybody? It's Delonte representing the Sideline Junkies. Wanted to give a brief analysis on the Denver Broncos 2018 season. Finishing 6-10 and 10 after finishing 5-11 and 11 is not impressive, not good at all. And for that, the coach, uh, Vance Joseph, was relieved of his duties, which was much needed. Um, the bright spot for the Broncos, of course, was the rookie class led by Bradley Chubb and Phillip Lindsay. Uh, Vaughn Miller, he also played a pivotal role in the team's limited success. Um, a ma- another major problem was the injuries. Um, two of the top five uh, rated players on the team, Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris Jr., suffered devastating injuries. So, of course, that played into the 6-10 and 10 record. But again, most of the blame goes to the crazy play calling of Vance Joseph, who's no longer the coach. 